Are we two friends who like to chat? Absolutely. Do we have opinions to share? Clearly. Are we proud of our accomplishments but can laugh at our failures? Definitely. But really, is this just an excuse to hang out together? Oh, for sure. As we grow our podcast, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. Welcome back to another episode of the O for Sure podcast. This episode in our series of tough conversations with good friends is a continuation on the topic of pregnancy expectations and not pregnant realities. Erica will be sharing her story of miscarriage and how this affected her mental state and close relationships. And then what helped her heal from the loss of pregnancy? I am super duper fortunate to have two amazing children. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. They are the most perfect, wonderful kids that I could have ever hoped or expected to have. But a lot like you, I didn't really grow up thinking about being married or thinking about having kids. And my mom came from a family of seven. She was one of seven. And she only had me. I'm an only child. Right. And she spent a lot of time asking about grandkids, like really? from the age that I started dating until, you know, she had her first grandchild. Right. Um, but it was never something that I felt I owed to her. Okay. And it took me and my husband a long time to get to the point where we're like, okay, we are ready to have kids. We had talked about it earlier mm-hmm. on in our relationship because we got married. Um, I was 20, he was 26. And we knew we weren't going to have kids until our maybe later 30s, mid to later right. 30s. Because we, we had fun we wanted to have. Yeah. Like, we had careers we needed to establish. You had parties to throw. Parties to throw. We countries to, to visit. all of yes. our wild oats. Yes. We traveled to zero countries. But okay. that's okay. <laughs> no traveling. Dang it. But right around, like, after the time I turned 30, I kind of started to feel that biological clock ticking. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Because yeah. Because that hit me, too. Yeah. It's like clockwork somehow. It, it really, really <laughs> Why they call is. it a biological clock. My friends who had children at the time, like, I had gone through the stage of, like, resenting that they had had their children because I was like, why are you stopping our fun times? Like, mm. why why are you jumping into having kids? Like, we're not there yet. We, we all need to have more fun together before this happens. <laughs> Stop ending the party early. I was very selfish about right. this, clearly. <laughs> I have FOMO. People had children and their children are kind of getting, you know, to be a year or two years old and other people are mm. announcing pregnancies. And so my husband and I started talking about it and we agreed like, okay, let's, let's start trying. A lot like you, I had the expectation that you want to try and you will get pregnant yep. right away. You better be ready you for that nursery because... Come on down. <laughs> and guess what? We started trying. I got pregnant right away. Okay. It was... Everything's working. Everything's working as planned. Silver bullet. Like, yeah. we're, we're good to go. And so, full disclosure, I was very apprehensive about being pregnant. I was unsure about being a mom because being an only child, I didn't have brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the greatest like childhood as far as like my parents were divorced. I spent a lot of time like just with my mom or being Mm -hmm. by myself and like trying to fill those gaps with other things. And so I wasn't sure, you know, how I would be a parent. I didn't, I wasn't a babysitter. I enjoyed being around children, but I always kind of considered myself more of a fun aunt than a responsible Mm -hmm. mother. (laughs) And so I was apprehensive about all of those things. And I was seeing how much having kids was kind of changing my friends' lives Mm -hmm. and their responsibilities. And 
yeah. know, the conversation and, and I considered myself somebody who was like very career driven. And so I had a lot of apprehension. You had to like kind of shift how you saw yourself. Totally. Yeah. And even to the point, and I haven't told anybody else this except for my husband who was there at the time when I found out I was pregnant I was kind of like okay you be excited for both of us okay because I wasn't I wasn't there I wasn't there and so I was I was apprehensive time goes by and you know they tell you you wait 12 weeks before you tell friends and family Mm -hmm. but like the weeks go on and it's it's I think week six and then you know we had a a gathering with friends and so I told some of our friends right. who were there just because I was trying to like try it on yeah you know yeah. and I had another friend a close friend who was also pregnant I was like we'll be pregnant together when's your due date when's yeah. you know and so I was trying to like amp up this excitement for myself and for us so then you don't go in for your first ultrasound until eight weeks mm-hmm. the appointment was a little wonky and so it wasn't until nine weeks that we went in I remember feeling pregnant like okay feeling like things were happening in my body and yeah. I was changes and yeah and I was uh you know I had a more sensitive diet reflex and like just all the things that like stereotypically go along with that probably around like week seven or something it started to feel different and I just I told myself like oh it's like we're just transitioning yeah. we're just transitioning and so my husband and I go into our appointment at nine weeks and they do the ultrasound and it was it's such a palpable moment because I remember just laying there and you're in this like very vulnerable Mm -hmm. stage and he's there and he's really excited and at this point like I've gotten excited about it and she's just taking a little too long to look at things Mm -hmm. and I look over her and she she looked at me and she was like there's nothing there and I was like you know black everything turns to black like what do you mean nothing's there she's like you lost this pregnancy at six weeks and so we're going to have to talk about, you know, what are the next steps? And she immediately jumps into the next steps. It wasn't, you had no, time. there's no grief counseling, like none of that stuff. And so it was in that exact moment that I realized, oh my God, I wanted this really bad and now I can't have it. And it was that moment of like, you can want something, but what if you can't get that right. thing? It was, you know, like <laughs> you were saying your husband became the, the, the mouthpiece. Yeah. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk to friends. I didn't want to talk to family. I was, I spent a lot of time on the internet looking at what was wrong with me. Like, did I drink too much alcohol? Did I, you know, like, was it, was it the birth control? Like, is there something else that so was you, happening? Is it fair to say like you felt guilt? Oh, so much guilt. So much guilt. There was never a point in my time where I didn't feel like it was my fault that this had happened. And it wasn't just my guilt. I was taking on my husband's guilt, too, because I knew that he wanted it more than I did. And I was like, no, no, no. I wanted it just as much, and now I've ruined it for both of us. Like, what is this? What is this going to become? Like, I think it's important to say, like, you're not having logical reactions, right? You can't, no. You can't see this for what it actually was, of, like, something absolutely out of your control. Right. Nature doing its thing. But I'm not a future thinker like you, Laura. No. I live in the moment. And I just was not doing great. Not doing great. This is nothing that was even on your radar to, like, prepare for. Oh, no. I I for sure thought that that was going to be, like, you get pregnant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was pretty challenging. I had to go to the doctor pretty frequently and because I decided to try to have a natural miscarriage and so they had to monitor my RH levels. And so I was going to the doctor all the time, weekly, 
and I was having to tell work, oh, I have, you know, I have an appointment. I have, like, you yeah. couldn't say anything. I couldn't. It's a little, a little too frequent for them to not pick up on the fact that. Right. And so I'm, like, trying to have the appointments before work and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then, <laughs> this is maybe too graphic, but the actual, like, miscarriage happened at work. And it was, like, very odd and graphic. And you could see something. And it was just like this weird feeling of like, what if that's it? What if that's it? It took a long time to happen. Like it took almost two and a half, I think three months for everything to like get dispelled. And so I had to go and monitor my RH levels. And I remember there was one evening I had like an evening meeting with a coworker and I went to get back in my car and I was like hemorrhaging and I had to call my husband. I'm like, we have to go to the doctor. Something else is wrong. And it was just such a situation that I feel Like, I had no understanding of how any of it was going to happen. And the way that my doctor described it to me was not how it went down. And then I ended up actually shortly thereafter, because she gave us the go-ahead to start trying again, thought I was pregnant again and had a second miscarriage. (laughs) Or what seemed to be, she, she could never figure out if it was the first one didn't fully dispel. And so then there was a second one. I think it was a second one. But it was like trauma on top of trauma. And the only thing that I kept thinking was how it was my fault and how I really did want this now. And was it something that I had done earlier in life that caused this? Physically, you were in this awful cycle of always thinking you're somewhere between pregnant and miscarrying. For almost a year. And then emotionally, you're now preoccupied all the time with with that. Guilt and And again, hope that this... I'll get past it. Yeah. And there was a point in time where it was just, okay, just get past this. Like, just don't be pregnant for a little while. Or miscarrying. Or what, like, whatever that cycle is. So, did you get to a point of, like, you needed to hit a pause? I didn't, actually. Because I was so focused on making... making a life okay. that was going to yeah. be a sustainable okay. life. Yeah. And I know that a lot of the time women will go through like four or five or six or mm. multiple miscarriages before they have a successful pregnancy. And they do say that a miscarriage is a sign that like you are capable of creating that connection. What a silver lining. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Your body can get pregnant, just not this time. Yeah, it can't actually produce a kid that will live, but you know, yeah. full term. And I was, you know, just one other thing that I have to say, because it weighed really heavy on my heart, and I've never been a jealous person. Mm-hmm. I was so jealous and like felt these awful feelings of jealousy towards my friends who had kids. Mm-hmm. And I hated feeling that. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting next to one of my really good friends and she had her newborn in her hands and she was like, I'm euphoric. And I just couldn't help but hate her in that moment. <laughs> and it was like, it's okay. I've never felt that right. way towards somebody else. And it was just such an awful feeling. And I wanted to get past that. And that's why I didn't want to stop. Right. Because I just, I knew that I needed to do whatever I could to get past it because in my mind, there was a future in which I was able to mm-hmm. carry a child to full term, whatever I mean, that was. The emotions that come with this, right? Yeah. It's the lowest lows. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. And it, the problem is, is that you're told your entire life that as a woman, it is your body's ability mm-hmm. and sole purpose to bear life. Right. And so if you call into question... 
this <laughs> greater, you know, whether it's infertility or miscarriage, like it's basically the universe saying like, you're not doing what you're supposed to do on yeah. this earth. Yeah. And like, you have to deal with that reality it's in your brain. So fucked up. Totally. It's, and it's okay. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's totally fine. Like, maybe everybody's yeah. supposed to be right-handed and some people are left-handed. Like, that doesn't have a, a burden to, a weight to bear, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you just, you feel this heaviness. Yeah. For me, I had to get past it. I had to figure out how to get past it. I mean, that's hard because this was like, what are the resources for, like, you find yourself hating being next to someone, a friend? Yeah, like yeah, I just and and I felt I felt even awful telling other friends about that because I I had to tell somebody and I told another friend of ours and I was like I just I I didn't hate her but I hated that moment of her joy at the same time I'm feeling this deep deep despair right and there's there's no resource for that like what's the resource for that I mean you can say it's like it's transference right it's like this is the symbol of everything you're hoping to obtain the yin and yang of life (laughs) it was was deep it was deep it's so fucked up yeah almost like these out of body experiences totally out of body and you're just like this is not me no these are not my feelings but I cannot stop them and they are so powerful yeah they're all consuming yes and they influence other feelings. Yes. They're bossy bitch feelings. <laughs> <laughs> They're awful feelings. They are. I know those words are hard for you to say, but I think it's it's important to just say. It's real. And- I, I mean, I cannot help but think every single woman who has gone through infertility or miscarriages or stillborns hates seeing other things around her that are working in other people's bodies that aren't working in hers. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. That's what it boils down to. And that's not, it's not a good feeling and nobody is going to judge you for feeling that way because it's a natural feeling. But it's it's a very real, palpable. This is another one of those things you way. have no control over. No, you don't. And you just <sighs> you have control over how you show up. And yeah. that was my plan was just get rid of those feelings as quick as possible and get myself into the other camp of I need one of those little bundles of joy. I'm gonna get that. So can you say like after going through the two miscarriages, you felt more intense that you needed this in your life than beforehand? Yes. Yes, I felt incrementally more, it was more important, and I was also much more afraid. And so, I mean, no lie, I spent my entire pregnancy just fearful that I would lose it at any point in time. And I remember specifically the moment that I heard my son cry when he had been removed from my body. That's when I knew it was real. And then you could just let all that go. I let it all go. But it wasn't until that moment. But you were carrying all of this on. Yeah. I spent my entire pregnancy also trying to de-emphasize my pregnancy. I didn't tell work for a long Mm -hmm. time. I worked up till the very last moment. I took on additional responsibilities. I was like, okay, if this goes south, like I need to like, I just need to be trucking ahead. I just need to be full, Mm -hmm. full speed ahead. And I wasn't at all confident at any point in time that it was going to work out the way that I expected it. And that kind of like, it just, it really fucking sucks. Like you were supposed to like, just love being pregnant and love like all, like you're supposed to planning and everything, Yeah, but you just had these awful experiences leading up to it. Yeah. And you had the fear of, oh yeah. And it, and it hurt relationships It hurt close relationships, you know, the leading up to it, you know, there was a lot of tension. 
conversation with my mom or my husband and you know it was just like not the way that it's supposed to be i know you kind of it seems like you kind of went into survival mode a little bit totally but i am really good at putting on my rose colored glasses so i forgot most of that Hopefully the other people involved were able to look past like, those look moments at the baby. as well. Look at the baby. Yeah, and they, they say that the child you have after a miscarriage is a rainbow baby. Mm-hmm. And I love that, and I love when I hear other people refer to their kids as rainbow babies because it's like that little, like, fist bump. Yeah, like, I got you. You made it. You're on the other side. But I, I get that that was a really hard situation or situations or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was to go through. I am very, very, very thankful that I was able to have a successful pregnancy and then another one after. Yeah. So it was really, I do not take for granted that that was able to happen for right. me. And that's that's my story. When we were discussing setting up this episode, part of it was, okay, we feel okay doing this because now we're, we're so many years past totally. this point in our life. Yep. It's funny how talking about it just turns out <laughs> the emotion just lies dormant yeah. <laughs> underneath the surface. So I do want to say, because there was a couple, there were a couple things that really helped me mm-hmm. um, and not that they would help anybody else, but no. things that helped me like both of the times that I went through the miscarriage, I, I was taking yoga from like a, a really cool community class and the yoga instructor was just so thoughtful in the way that she treated me. And mm-hmm. I went, you know, I, I went to her and I was like, I'm pregnant can you modify some of the yeah. poses for me and then I had to go back to her and be like I'm not pregnant anymore don't worry about modifications mm-hmm. and she was just so wonderful yoga was so restorative for me mm-hmm. in those moments because it gave me time to like think and to process and be alone with myself because yeah. I don't spend a lot of time alone with myself so that was really helpful and I did a lot of journal which has always been a, a therapeutic mm-hmm. method for me but writing down like the very graphic details of the things that happened so that I could get them out of my mm-hmm. head and yes. just let them live on the paper and so you could like things are still emotional but it's far less emotional and it helped me move forward that helped me a lot. I need to ask this. Yeah. Have you forgiven yourself? Yes, I absolutely have forgiven myself. And I'm so grateful and thankful for the people in my life having helped me through this and for the ability to be a mom. And I, I don't take that for granted. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame myself for anything that's happened in the past. And I don't have any feelings other than positive ones for the, the path that I'm on. Can you think of anything when you were going through this process, like some information or something that would have helped? Yeah, I actually went back and looked something up because I was like, what would be helpful or what would have been helpful to me at the time? And there were just so many internet resources that were like just super not productive. Mm -hmm. Like either they didn't they didn't appeal to me because they were too detailed or the, the, you know, the message boards are just, you know, like there's a lot of information there, good and and bad. And so I went back and I actually found um, on what to expect. There's an after miscarriage kind of like, it's not a how to by any means, but it's a really good high level perspective Mm -hmm. of how to look at things. And there's no amount of people telling you that it's not you that's going to make you feel like it's not you. So just know that like, you're going to feel like it's you and it's not you. And then also understanding the stages of loss because Mm -hmm. a miscarriage is truly a loss. And so knowing the stages, like you're going to go through shock and denial, and then you're going to move on to anger and guilt and know that when you're in the anger and guilt stage, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And to tell people close to you that you're in the anger and guilt stage so they know what to expect. And then there's going to be depression and despair, especially when other people around you are having kids and know and prepare for that. And then you'll, you'll accept. 
and maybe you'll be able to go on and maybe something else happens. I don't know, but knowing what to expect. And I also was, was very fortunate to have one of my husband's family members had gone through a miscarriage and I was put in touch with her. And so I got to talk to her. Mm. And so having somebody else to talk to who had yeah. gone through it, she had actually just had her first child when I talked to her. And so knowing that someone who had a miscarriage could go on and have a child, that was a good resource for me. I'm glad she was there when you needed her. Yeah, it was very helpful. It's the sort of situation that unless someone else has gone through it, they just don't know. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and it's exactly. like, shut up, I don't want to hear what you're saying. Yeah. You don't know what I'm feeling. Right, yeah. right. And, and I think that it rings true for all these situations, yeah. which is that wait for somebody to come to you. Don't ask right. them. They'll, they'll let you know if they need anything or if they need you to just listen. But just listening is okay too. Yeah. It's also why like, I think we both have like husbands or partners just like, you just can't understand it. I can't articulate what's yeah. happening. Yeah, it's not from lack of wanting to share that or, you know, them try, not trying, yeah. but there's there's something deep within a, a woman, I would say, that you can't you can't replicate and you can't explain. And so that, let that be okay. <laughs> <laughs> let, let all of it be okay. Find a friend, have a tough conversation. Yeah, I think okay. we, there's more women in your circle that have gone through this yeah. and a lot of us just don't know. Cause... And that's the thing, the more you talk about it, the more you find out that it's not that uncommon yeah, so, either of our stories I, so and I'm so glad you're able to talk about it now <sighs> yes <laughs> it's it feels good yeah and again if we just help one person right. make it a little easier or feel seen yeah that's what I just I think I, again it's like we both went to these things like we thought we knew what to expect we thought yeah. we knew so much you don't know what to expect don't know what to expect when you're expecting it's a crazy situation, and we hope the best for everyone going through it. But whether you have kids or not, it will be okay. It will be okay. Yeah. And, it, and it matters how you decide you're going to move forward. That's what matters. Thanks so much for listening, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Where can you find us? On Instagram and Facebook at oh For Sure Podcasts. Our website is OhForSurePodcast.com. And if you have any topics, ideas, questions, or gratuitous compliments, please email us at OhForSurePodcast at gmail.com.